for those of you who are visiting with us today, the children demonstrate for us how to work together in moving the table every day, every Sunday. And that's what they do. They come in and they um, take the table and place it over there so that we can see them uh, up front. Uh, and thank you for doing that. Y'all did a great job this morning. Um, I, we're going to make some noise today. Is that all right? I have with me, this is my sermon illustration bucket. Thank you. Did you do these? You did? You'll have to come and look at these later. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Y'all see it? Good job. Very good. I'm going to place it. You did one too? Well, this one's got my name on it. From Katie, Pastor David. And it says... Thank you for teaching all of the children about Jesus. Thank you. Thank you all for teaching us about Jesus, too, and sharing with us how that works and what God means in our lives. Uh, this morning, what I'd like to do is to share with you something that, uh, and I'm going to talk us through it because there are people watching online that might not know what's going on. I'm going to let this illustrate our life. I know what we're doing. You know what we're doing? Okay. Okay. And in our life, we put in things that are important, right? And I have some these that... Balls. These balls that I'm going to put into our, our life. And this one is marked home. Is home important? Home and family. So we have... That's important. How about school, learning, and education? Is that important? Yeah, so we put that in. How about friends? Are friends important? Yeah. Yeah, so we put friends in our life. How about church and having Christ yeah, in our life? Yeah. Is that important? Yeah. yeah, that's important. Let's put that in there. How about uh, work? <coughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he can earn money to live. Work so you can earn money to live. But you know, work is given to us by God so that we can contribute to the world. And every job you do helps other people. So when you're working, you're not working just to make money, although that's part of life. It is also that you can contribute to the world and help other people. Okay, let's see what else is here. Oh, that one. Well, God. We talked about church and Christ. Let's put God in our life. That's important, right? How about sleep? Yeah. Is that important? Yeah. That's very important. All right, let's put that in. Okay, let's see what else is here. Okay, I've got family. Is that important? Yeah. Okay. okay is our life full? No. No? Yeah. It's not full? No, no, no. Still full. No, Where are we going to put it, though? Our life is, this is full. One more. Yeah, but this, what, what else is important? I don't have anything on this one. Um, life. okay. Life itself is important. That's good. I'm sorry. Something's got to go. Okay, I'm going to take this one out just because it's going to fall off. Now. We're going to make some noise. Is our life full? Yeah. We can't put anything else in it, right? 
Maybe. Nope. Let me show you something. I'll take this one out too because it's going to fall out when I do it. Sometimes, you know, these important things in life, if we fill our things with that, but these marbles represent the trivial things in life, things that really don't matter. So we fill our lives with this, but then all these other things You can get all kinds of other things in your life, can't you? You can put all these other things in your life, can't you? Right? Yeah. But I want to show you what happens in, for most of us. Now, this is where we're going to make noise. Most of the time, what we do is... We fill our lives with the trivial things in life. And then we take the time to put the things that are important in life. So we try to, we, we worry about things that don't matter. And when it comes time to, well, look at that. All this is left out. Home and work and that one fell out. What's school. that? School. School. That's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. It, it really doesn't fit anymore. Why? Why is it now that? Yeah, we do. But our life is filled with all these things that don't matter. Why? Why doesn't it fit now? You didn't start with what's important. So when you fill your life with things that are important, all these other things can fit in. But when, I'm sorry, I got to take this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to breathe over here. Yeah, yeah. But when, when we fill it with the things that don't matter, we don't, we don't have time or space for the things that are really important in life. And making our priorities, what's important in your life? And make sure you focus on that. Don't get hung up on the little things. The little things that don't matter. Okay? Does that make sense? Good. I have one more thing I want to do with you guys. Hannah and Oliver. Some time ago, you guys come stand right here. This is a baptismal and this is the first Sunday the two of you have been here on a long time. And I wanted to give you these. Come over here and stand in front so everybody can see you. This is Hannah. This is just a piece of paper, but it's a reminder of the day that you were baptized, the day that you dedicated your life to Christ, and that Christ came to live with David. The most important decision you'll ever make in your life is the, is the decision to accept Christ because that is an eternal decision. That decision lasts forever. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, boys and girls, 
we're going to pray together and then I'm going to, we're going to light the candles. We'll put the table that. back and then light the candles. Yeah, I see a smile. We'll hold on a second on that thought, okay? Let's pray first. Father God, thank you for all of the activities that you give us in life. And Lord, we know that there are lots of good things in life. But Father, we get so hung up on the things that don't matter. Lord, we pray that we might focus our lives on you and allow your presence in our lives to guide us into all that we do. For Christ's sake, amen. Okay, let's put the candle. Um, you, you have it lit the candles, right? Okay, then you get the light and you ask, so we'll, you get the light. All right. Let's center it a little bit right here. Stand right here if you would. And we're going to light these candles. I hope. She can help. Okay. You light that candle. Thank you, ma'am. And if you would like the other side. Isn't that pretty? Yeah. We light the candle to demonstrate the fact that the Spirit of God is here and that he's alive and well. Thank you. Just place it on. Thank you. Y'all did a great job. Give these folks a round of applause. Father God, thank you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of every heart be pleasing in your sight. O oh God, our Redeemer. Amen. In the book, Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll has these words. Alice says, Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? The Cheshire Cat responded, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to. And then Alice says, I don't much care where. And then the Cheshire cat responds, then it doesn't matter which way you go. And my question to you today, which way are you headed? Where are you headed? Or more importantly, who is going with you? Sometimes where who we travel with makes all the difference in the world. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us that where, our, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. They become chaotic. They become, they lose control. They don't have any direction. And that word vision Often we think of it as being some, uh, some plan or scheme to, to move into the future. And it is, it's been used in the church wrong for years because that's not what this verse means. The word vision here means a word from God 
where there is no word from God, where we're not following God's direction, where we're not going with God, then there's chaos. Then we have no direction. When we aren't following what God wants us to do, then we have no direction in our lives. Thank you very much. I didn't know how obvious that was, but obviously it was very obvious. The NIV says of that verse, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And when there is no message from God, then the people have no guidance. The Amplified Version reads that verse like this, where is, there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. So as we're looking to the future, as we're thinking about our lives, as we think about this church, as we think about life itself, what direction are we going in? I'm gonna throw in something here that's not in my notes, but heavy on my heart. I did a funeral this week for a 27 year old he would be graduating in December with a bachelor's degree in international studies. His engagement rings arrived the day after his death. He was in the top 10, uh, he was a drag racer, and in the top 10 in his category in the nation. He would go to Quetar and teach eight-year-olds how to race cars. Fine young man, and I'd never met him but there were 30 race car drivers from around the country at his funeral. And my, my, my thought is, we don't know what tomorrow might bring. His life ended unexpectedly. His fiance has to give up all her dreams and commitments that they had made together. All of the people who knew him are devastated. Was his life worthwhile? Was he headed in the right direction? And I use the scripture that Paul used when he was approaching the end of his life. He said, I have run the good race. This young man ran a good race. He, he had a major impact on people around the world. But he's no longer with us. Where is he now? Where are we headed? Do you know what your finish line is? Do you know what is the objective of your life in this world? And do you know what lies ahead? And I think that's what this verse means. Where there is no sense of God's direction and guidance, where we, where we don't hear God speaking to us, you know, we're scattered. We're all over the place. We don't have a sense of direction. We don't know where we're going. Last week, Johnny shared with us from Proverbs chapter 3. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God, and then he'll direct your paths. And in some ways, where there is no vision, the people perish saying the same thing. What does it mean to trust in the Lord with all your heart 
How can we do that? How can we run our race? How can we be the people that God wants us to be now, today? Because we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know if life is going to be long or short. This young man didn't. And all those dreams were snuffed out like that. How do you trust in the Lord of all your heart? How do we depend on him? How do we look to the future with a sense of hope and confidence? How can we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that life is going to be okay? How do we know who holds tomorrow? What is your answer? Where are you headed? The key for us is to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. And when we put our total dependence on God and not try to control the situation, God leads us forward. We need to make plans. We don't want to be like Alice. We don't have a clue where we're headed. We don't care. Just take life as it comes. Then it doesn't matter what you do tomorrow. But we want to have direction. We want to know. We want to make plans. But how do we make plans not knowing what tomorrow will bring? And that's where our trust in God is important. You make your plans. Trusting them to God. Listening for that small, still voice that says, this is what I want you to do. But you see, in our sermon illustration today, we fill our lives with things that are not important. And we spend so much time and energy on those things that are not important, that the important things get left out. How do we focus our lives? How do we trust in the Lord? in total dependence on him. Our task is to get our hearts right with the living God. That's what we're supposed to do. And God will take care of the rest. If you are in a right relationship with the living God, God will direct your path. If you are in a right relationship with the living God, if you are listening to his voice, if you are obedient to his word, God will direct your path. Now, I was talking with some folks earlier about how, you know, when we're younger, we have all these other things coming into our lives that distract us from what God wants us to do. But, you know, I, I've taken lots of wrong turns. I've done all kinds of things that were not in God's will for my life. But God always has a way of putting me back on the right path and saying, this is the way I want you to go. And after a while, you learn some of those things aren't important anymore. And we can focus on what God is saying and what God wants for us to do. It is easy to allow other things to become our focus. The root of all kinds of evil is found in the love of money that desire to get rich, that desire to have more toys. You know, what's that old saying? Some of you may remember it. it 
in the end, the winner is the one who has the most toys. The one who has all the toys wins. That that's becomes our objective. And our focus is how much can we obtain? How much can we get? And the, and the problem with that is it's never enough. It's never enough to fulfill that sense of desire and need within us. We're constantly trying to get more. If that's your focus in life, if that's your objective in life, then it is self-consuming. Another distraction that many of us fall into, um, live your lives in such a way as to please other people. Make everybody else happy. You know, fame and, and popularity becomes our objective. You know, I, I just want people to like me. I, I have a problem with that. I like for people to like me. But you know, the older I get, the less important that becomes. <laughs> but that can consume us. And we change our lifestyle and we do things just to please other people rather than to be the person God created us to be. Rather than listening to, to the voice of God and trying to please God, we try to please one another. It's a deep trap. And it leads to disappointment. And our culture has become very self-centered and, and we have, are encouraged to take care of number one and, and don't worry about anybody else. Just, just take care of yourself. Just do those things that make you happy. Do what feels good. And if it feels good, then it must be right. And we get caught up in that addiction of comfort. We get caught up in that addiction to having our, our own senses satisfied. And that's a cultural phenomena that's going, that leads to destruction. Any kind of addiction is dangerous. But it's a part of the world in which we live in today. Seeking pleasure and comfort can become a guiding factor in our lives. We don't do it unless it feels good. We don't do it unless it's in our best interest. Because you see, our world says, don't worry about anybody else. Take care of yourself. It doesn't matter that they're hungry as long as you've got something to eat. It doesn't matter if they are not free as long as you are free. But my Bible says that if anybody is not free, I am not free. My Bible says if somebody else is hungry, it's my responsibility to feed them. That's what Jesus taught. And because of that, there's a, there's a compulsion to respond to the needs of others. You know Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. How many goats are here today? How many sheep are here today? Okay, sheep and goats. The sheep and the goats saw the same thing. And, and, they, and they asked, and, and Jesus, and they said, when did we see you hungry? And Jesus said, when you did it unto one of them, you did it unto me. And we serve Christ when we serve others. That's the biblical principle. But that goes against the mandates of our culture today, which says, don't worry about them. Just take care of yourself. 
If we're only focused on self-satisfaction, then we've missed the, the biblical principles of taking care of the needs of others because that's what God does. And if we're listening to God, we're going to be obedient to God and do it God's way. Are we listening to the Word of God or are we listening to our own desires? Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 and 30 through 34. Matthew 6, verses 32 through 34. Well, the pagans, pagans in this context are people who don't know Christ people who don't have this relationship, people who could care less what God says. The pagans, those who have no clue that there's anything out there other than their own little world themselves. And people, if your world is just yourself, that is a mighty small world indeed. How many of you have seen the pictures from the web? Uh, what is it? Telescope. Those new pictures of the universe? How big it is? And we ain't touched the surface yet. It's more out there than we can imagine out there. It's a big world. And we have a big God who created it all. And to think that we know it all now, we're fooling ourselves. We continue to learn more and more about the universe that God has created. Because our God is bigger than our finite little minds. We can't comprehend how big God is but we want to put him in a little bottle and put him in a little box. I, I, I call them canned Christians. Any canned Christians here? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. <laughs> a canned Christian is one who gets all they can, cans all they get, and then sits on the lid. We take what we can for ourselves, and we keep it for ourselves. So I'm going to heaven. I don't care about anybody else. But that's not what God says. And our God is bigger than any box we put him in. Anyway, Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 through 34. For the pagans run after all of these things, all of the trivial things that really don't matter. Pagans run after those who don't know God, they don't care about God. They run after all of these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows that you need food. He knows that you need clothes. And God feeds the birds and clothes the flowers of the field. And God knows that you have all of those needs. He knows that. But if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. If you seek God's kingdom first, all of your other needs will be met, says God. But so often we get caught up in seeking after the things that don't matter rather than focusing on the kingdom of God. But by focusing on the kingdom of God, all of these other things are going to, God knows you need them, and God will provide. Did you hear that? I don't know what y'all were talking about, but I, I'm going to amen it, whatever it was. <laughs> God will take care of you. That's a promise of God. But we have to put God first. We have to seek God in his kingdom and allow the kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God is? 
where God is king. Is God the king of your heart? Have you made God the Lord of your life? Are you trusting in the Lord of all of your heart? Are you seeking the kingdom of God first and foremost? Or are you allowing these other things to distract you from what God wants for you in your life? Are you listening to the word of God? Are you allowing God to speak to your life and to your heart and to grow within you and allow the word of God to come alive through your life? Then your life is full and meaningful. Then you have a sense of purpose because you're working with the creator of life and allowing the God who created you and created you for a purpose. And when you're doing the purpose of God, you have fulfillment and meaning in your life. Amen? That was kind of weak. When you're doing, when, you, when you're responding to the will of God, when you're doing those things that God has laid on your heart, do you have a sense of joy and satisfaction? Amen? Amen. That's the promise of God. It's not easy. And there are always times when we allow the little things to take away our joy, to take away our sense of purpose. We get caught up on things that don't matter. But that 27-year-old who died last week unexpectedly with all the dreams in front of him with all the opportunities that he had in front of him with this new wife and family that they were starting with the, the potential to have become a internationally known race car driver all of that potential that was in front of him with all the friends that he had all of that was snuffed out like that because you see, sometimes God has to take away from us something that we think is important in order for us to discover him. Sometimes God has to remove something from our lives that we have used as an idol in order for us to have a living, dynamic relationship with himself. Sometimes we have to go through that valley and experience that sense of pain and heartache and have something ripped out of us because we've allowed our hearts to become so possessed by it that we aren't able to turn it loose. And it's in those times that God speaks to us in a very special way if we will turn to him. God does not waste a pain. He uses it for his glory. If we seek first the kingdom of God if we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts if we put God first in our lives if we're listening to that still small voice that speaks to us constantly but we don't hear it if we are possessed by all of these other things that can take away from our hearing apparatus up here that hears what God wants us to hear. Of course, if we aren't attentive to God's word, how can he speak to you? 
God is speaking right now. God is trying to tell us that he is with us and that he wants to provide for us, that he wants us to have a life that's full of meaning and purpose. What we have to do is trust him, to hear his voice, to say, God, I hear you, and I want to do it your way. Don't be like Alice. Alice didn't know where she was going. She didn't care. Know where you're headed. You're headed where God is leading you. You're headed to being obedient to the word of God in your life, moment by moment. And if you do that, your life will be full and meaningful. Because God created life. And he wants you to have that life, a life that has meaning and purpose because he loves you, each one of us, he loves you. I hope and, and join with me in prayer for the family of this young man that, that passed away. I hope that that family experiences that. I hope that those 30 or 40 race car drivers from all over the country that were there at the service, I hope they heard that word from God, that they would turn their lives to him. Because we're all in this race, folks. We're racing towards the finish line. And there's, there is a finish line for all of us. We just don't know when it's coming. Are we ready for it? Do we know? what's at the finish line for our lives. Let's pray together. Father God, we acknowledge our dependence upon you, but we also acknowledge, Father, that we get so caught up in things in this world. And God, we allow the little things to distract us from the important things. And right now, Father, it's you, you have, you've spoken to us through your word, and, and God, it's our desire to commit ourselves into your keeping and to allow you to guide and direct us. But to do that, Father, we have to make the decision. We have to decide whether we're going to follow your will, walk with you into the future, or whether we're going to do it our way. Lord, speak to us now as only you can and draw us to yourself through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And if God has spoken to you, we invite you to come and share it with us. What is it that God is telling you right now? Right now, what's God saying? Is God calling you to a deeper relationship with yourself? Or is God saying to you, I've got something better for you than where you're headed. Is God have a plan for your life? And are you willing to do it God's way? Or are you convinced that you can do it better than God? That's all. That's a decision that each of us makes every day of our lives. So whether we're going to live life the way God intended it, or whether we're going to live life the way we want. Who's in charge here? You might think you are. But trust me, there'll come a day you'll realize you are not in control. What is it that God is speaking to you?
as we sing together. So I'll stand. Invitation hymn, open my eyes that I may see. <laughs>
Thank you.